Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, the place for all things nutrition and mindfulness. We are passionate about guiding you to make peace with food and empower your body and brain. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Hobson. I'm an NTP, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner in San Diego. I work with individuals to assess personal nutritional deficiencies and imbalances by addressing the root cause of any health issue. In my private practice, I focus on women's hormones, gut health, and thyroid dysfunction. Let's meet my co-host. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified transformational nutrition coach based in Los Angeles. I work one-on-one with women who are ready to break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom from rules and obsession. I'm also the creator of the ebook, Break Free from Disordered Eating. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We are so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode 23 of the Nutrition-ish podcast. Hey, Owls. Hello. Good morning. Do you like that I always call you Owls or Owl or I do like use it. your full name? I do like it. As long as you don't call me Allison. I feel like that'd be weird. <laughs> but you don't even go by Allison, actually, because I thought about this because I invited you to my wedding, which you know. And I was sending out my save, or putting together my addresses for save the dates, and I was like, does she go by Allison? <laughs> my family will call me that. Like, my dad always calls me Allison, or my mom. But no one else really. Like, okay. at work, I'm Allison, and life, I'm Allie. Yeah. And in biz. And in biz. I'm Allie. I just always thought that Allison sounded too old. And I want, mm. oh wait, no. What is it? Allison sounded too, well now it sounds too Mature? old. And yeah. Because I am old, I'd like to be younger. <laughs> but when I was younger, right. I wanted to sound older. Like, I have a legit job. I need a legit name. Not that there's anything wrong with Allie. I don't know. It's just like, you know, it's a more nicknamey. And so when I was younger, yeah. I was like, it's Allison, please. <laughs> but now I'm back I the love other a way. nickname. I love a shortened name. Yeah, it's just I easy. prefer Chels. Oh, okay, good to know. I mean, I'm not going to have my business name be like Chels Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, friends and everyone else, I enjoy they when they call me Chels over yeah. Chelsea. Okay. Noted. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever call anybody anything. That's the one thing I actually realize about myself. I never call people by their names. You're just like, hey, girl, or what do you mean? Or just, hey, oh. you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, I guess in this case, like, you always open the show, so I never have a chance. But I would probably well, just be like, hey. Interesting. So, a question. Yes. Do you, with Derek, do you ever call him by his name? Or do you guys say, like, babe, honey, boo-boo? I never, <laughs> I, yeah, I never call him by his name. And <laughs> boo-boo. <laughs> um, I never call him by his name unless we're, like, in a group. But his name yeah. is really hard to say. I don't know if yeah. anybody else feels that. But it's, like, Derek. Derek. It's, like, we always make fun of him because he'll, like, order something, like, food. Or they're, like, in the name on that. Or, like, coffee. And, and the people are, like, Dirk? Who? Uh, Dick? <laughs> We're like, so now he just says Lee. He's like, it's Lee. Is that his yeah. middle name? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, that, we call each other babe. 
That's all. That is so funny you say that about ordering food because strangely enough, Scott has the exact same problem. And you would think, what? Scott? Such an obvious name. Yeah. He will call in order to go and people be like, well, you know, yeah, what's what's the name on the order? And he'll be like, Scott. <laughs> and they're <laughs> like, John? <laughs> Jeff? And I didn't believe him. And then it happens every time. And now he, yeah, he tries to over enunciate he's like my name is scott <laughs> like, babe so embarrassing um but yeah that's so funny but also his last name is molten which if you don't say slowly sounds weird molten which is gonna mm-hmm. be my last name that's exciting yeah. i loved changing my name i thought it was the best what was what's your maiden name um it's barry so Barry. I was always Allie Berry, which was not fantastic because of Halle Berry. Right. I was like, why does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Halle Berry. But I was Allie Berry. I mean, like, in high school, I was always just Allie Berry because mm. it was never just, like, one name. It was, like, always both. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm I'm excited to, to change my name. And let's be real. Anything's an upgrade from gross. Mm-hmm. But it's not my dream name. And Scott knows this. It's okay. This isn't new information. But I just molten. It looks good. It doesn't sound great. (laughs) It just sounds like delicious chocolate. It's like a molten cake. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) I don't see any problems with that. But Mrs. Molten? (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Hobson is great. That's like classic and strong. Is it? Yeah, I'm jealous. But Allison, Hobson, it's like, come on now. A lot of S's. It's a lot of sounds. But Allie Hobson <laughs> sounds good. That's it. I, I enjoy sounds it. Sounds steady. So, wedding dress stuff and wedding things. Yeah. You're getting, going um, wedding dress shopping soon, yes? Yeah, by the time this episode comes out, I could have chosen the dress. Do you watch Say Yes to the Dress? Hell yes. <laughs> Although, <laughs> so not good. lately, because again, cable problems don't happen. Right, right. <laughs> But, oh, yeah. I mean, that show's been on for at least a decade. I still watch it. It's great. Yeah. So, I I mean, for eight years I was watching it. Yeah. yeah. Randy, the whole crew. <laughs> yeah, they're on another level, for sure. But wedding dress to shop, you're going to have so much fun. Yeah. So, we're going. So, my sister's coming out. She's coming all the way from the East Coast just to look at dresses with me. And I'm really excited. And that's super sweet. She's going to do that. So, we're cramming in a lot of appointments into three days so well four we're seeing going to four different boutiques or dress shops here in LA and I'm pretty excited I'm a little nervous just because you know I've got some stomach issues due to the Lyme stuff (laughs) it's like I always try to put a positive spin on it but it just sounds strange and like I've got Lyme disease (laughs) like and I laugh like it's not funny but, you know, trying to stay lighthearted about my life. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit chronically bloated and inflamed. So I just don't want that to take away from my experience or being able to choose a dress I really love. I want to be able to feel comfortable and, um, you know, not just choose something that hides it or something like that. But I was yeah. talking to you about it the other day. And yeah, I gave you it, like a bomb ass quote that I just came out of did. nowhere. What was it? <laughs> Do you remember? I believe you were like, a wedding is not about a look, it's about a feeling. That's right. Hallelujah. And I was like, girl, on that. 
And I did. I just quoted you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I was like, thank you. That's exactly what I needed. Because you're right. Because I'm so excited to marry Scott. And I'm excited because I'm marrying Scott. It's not about the wedding. It's not about the dress. Obviously, those things are important, especially as women. And we grow up being, you know, kind of idolizing those moments. Um, yeah, you kind of but, like build it up into being something so big and so important. And then at the end of your wedding, you're like, oh my gosh, those details, like, yeah, it was cool, but like, not a big deal. You know, like I was freaking out the day, I think it was the day of, yeah, like literally right before I was about to walk down the aisle, I like went in cause our room was like attached. Um, or like it was kind of close to where like our ceremony was. And so I like went in because we were all doing like a champagne toast or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, like the, we my mom and I made like almost everything for the wedding the entire way through and did Whoa. a lot of DIY kind of stuff. And so we had these really cute um, wine corks. My mom, well, they're pretty big wine people in general, but my mom is also a saver. Um, she says she's a saver, not a packer. It's very different, <laughs> but she saves wine corks. <laughs> and she had saved up like a, a billion and she makes like wreaths out of them. God only knows. But we had saved them purposely for the wedding. And so we cut off like the bottom part. And so we had made little um, table cards or like name cards out of the wine cork. So we cut a slit in them. And like they weren't standing up. And I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, the name cards are not standing up straight. And it's like, you know, of course that it was really a big deal at the time. But then after I was like, oh, who freaking cares? You know, it's like you see your name if you just pick the thing up, like whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. so like all those little things are just like, eh, doesn't matter. Exactly. And I kind of have the personality where I can, I can freak out about the little things. Like if one thing goes wrong, I could see myself maybe getting upset or, and I just really don't want that to happen on my wedding day. And so I, it's a good reminder for me to just, you know, be a little bit more laid back and focus on just like the beauty and the love and the excitement of the day and being with friends and family. And I mean, we're getting married in the most gorgeous place and you know, it's going to be on the smaller end. It'll probably be like, I would say a little less than a hundred people. And it's not going to be a whole big spectacle. And Scott and I want it to be very romantic and love based. So <laughs> it will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just have fun. So, um, how many did you try? Had you tried on a lot of dresses or just a few before you picked the one you chose? Um, well, the first, the very first one I tried on, I almost thought, okay, this is it. And, but I didn't, I wasn't like sold. I was just like, it's a really, really, really good possibility. And it was everything that I kind of wanted. I wanted more of like bohemian and kind of like lacy and relaxed. And then I tried on some others at like bridal boutique kind of places and stuff. And then one of the very like last ones. So maybe after like 20 dresses, Mm -hmm. but this was like over a few weeks the very last one I tried on, I just was like, okay, this is it. And it was definitely nothing I ever saw myself in. (laughs) But I just realized too, like, I don't know, I'm just such a smaller person in general. Like I'm just like a petite frame in every way that like, I kind of just like went away in the like straight down bohemian kind. Like there was no, I had no curves to me, like no nothing. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like not special in this. Like it could be worn anywhere. And so the last dress I tried on was like almost like a corset kind of top and then more of like a flowy bottom and it was strapless which I was the one thing I didn't want was strapless because I was like I'm not going to be like pulling it up 
all the time. Like, I think that's annoying. But it's like, once you're in there, you're in there. Like, I was not mm-hmm. going anywhere. <laughs> Neither was the dress. I couldn't even really, like, take it off to, like, pee. Um, I have this, like, <laughs> amazing photo of, like, all, like, two of, I had two maids of honor. And they were both, like, literally, like, underneath my dress, like, helping me, like, go to the bathroom, like, getting in. Um, but, yeah, so I ended up with something I totally didn't expect. And it was the last one I tried on. So, you never know Aww. how it's going to go. I love hearing that story. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't want strapless, but watch me, like, love a strapless dress or something. Yeah. You I like know. the idea of a corset just to, yeah, feel super, like, held in and secure and yeah. comfy. Even though many people would think a corset isn't comfy. For me, I like that. Like, I like that held in kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of thinking I want a long sleeve or a long sleeve illusion sort of thing with detail and I was telling you earlier I might even want something kind of like chic and editorial like really unique with maybe like I don't know just cool detail or like the very structural and you could also like find something one of my really good friends this was so so fun she had her she took her mom's old wedding dress and like totally redesigned it and revamped it and had everything altered and she took parts it was like a long sleeve thing and she took the sleeves off of the dress and used that lace like elsewhere in the dress like it was so cool and I got to go with her for like all of her fittings and stuff because her entire family lived in Chicago and she and I Mm -hmm. used to work together but I mean, even if you find something and want to change, like, I love this, but I don't like that part of it. Like, that's fine. You could probably make it editorial. It doesn't have to, like, come as is. Yeah, I'm getting, like, nervous excited just thinking about it. Yay! (laughs) Fun. It's fun to, like, do something different, at least I think, like, having other things going on that are, like, not job-related, not, you know, for us, health and, and wellness and nutrition related, and, you know, it's good to kind of do something girly and fun and different. I just like not to focus on myself, but I am just very excited. I just still can't believe I'm actually getting married just because before I met Scott, I was single for so long and you kind of think it's never going to happen for you or you're never going to meet the right person and just kind of with everything we've been through and everything I've been through with my health and Scott's been through ups and downs too. It's just like, it's really cool. It's actually happening and I get to do all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I want to just enjoy everything. Be in the moment. Yes. And you will. And it's going to be amazing. So excited. Thanks, girl. Of course. Well, this podcast is probably perfect for this intro because we're talking about, like, lots of feminine things and women Mm -hmm. things. So, disclaimer, men, this might not be your podcast episode. Just saying. Yes. And I know, Dad, you do listen to the (laughs) show. (laughs) Larry Gross, if you're listening, now would be a good time to just skip this one. I don't think you'll enjoy this topic. We're not talking about anything extremely gross, but we're just talking about, like, you know, women's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'll, uh, you want me to read the question or kind of... Yeah. We got more of, like, a question slash topic request. So, this comes from Lisa, and she emailed us, and she said, I love your podcast and appreciate the message you are putting out into the universe. Can't wait to hear what you do in the future. My friends and I all listen to the podcast, which is really fun. I know. I'm like, wow. feels so cool. Yeah. It's like, can you imagine a friend group just sitting around being like, do you listen to Nutritionish? (laughs) No. No? Okay. Well, it's happening. (laughs) It's funny because, like, when we're recording, we're literally just, like, talking to ourselves, and sometimes I'm, like, I forget or, like... Other people are listening to this, which is great. We want you guys to. I know. To. Podcast is one thing 
where it's hard for us to see the analytics. Like we can't see how many, we could have 10 people listen, we could have a thousand people listen. We don't really know where we're falling. I mean, we have a general idea somewhere in the middle there, I'm sure. Yeah, we need to but, figure that out. Yeah. Um, if it's I don't possible. Know, iTunes, yeah, they're secretive. They don't really allow you to see. They won't exact. tell you like how many subscribers, but they'll tell you like how many they'll listens. They'll tell you roughly how many listens, I think, in general. And then you're supposed to kind of like divide that yourself. I don't know. It's not ideal. Um, but can you imagine being one of the really popular podcasts that has millions of listens, like, and just sitting here and recording in our pajamas like this? That'd be great. Goals. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Okay. <clears throat> oh, question. I, like, had spit in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. So she was asking on the topic of feminine care. I feel like no one really talks about this, but there is also a surge of interest in organic tampons, and people realized. Uh, I didn't. That didn't make sense to me either. But I think she just worded it interestingly. So she's talking about organic tampons and people not realizing that we're sticking chemicals in ourselves. She said, I personally use a diva cup, which some might consider taboo, but again, I think it would be an interesting topic. I'm also curious to know why she said, or Lisa, why it's considered taboo. Is it just maybe that it's like a newer concept? Well, I think let's, yeah, I think let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, And then we can jump into more of the specifics. What even is a diva diva cup or a menstrual cup? And kind of also, we're going to go over some of the dangers and toxicity with conventional tampons and things we use for our periods. But... Yeah, I mean, well, and I think in general, too, there's a lot of stigma around having a period. Just because, just the same thing with, like, everyone pooping, <laughs> where it's like, we all do it, but we're like, we laugh, and it's like very hush-hush, or, you know, you don't want to tell people that you're going, or people have a lot of anxiety around, you know, pooping in public, or while they're traveling, and all this stuff. I mean, mostly every woman at a certain age has a period, or has had a period, um, obviously there's some circumstances where women are struggling with amenorrhea and do not get a cycle or have an irregular cycle. Obviously people who are, um, have gone through menopause no longer have a cycle, but it's a really, really common thing that we all go through. And most people are getting it for what three to seven days a month. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of time a year and a lot of time in our life. So I think it's important to discuss these types of topics and the more that we speak about them and our personal experiences and kind of the nitty gritty, the more we pull back that stigma and it becomes more comfortable and then everyone can share their insight and we can help each other and we can support each other. And so I think with the menstrual cup, it is just totally a new concept for people. Um, you know, and I think it's something that we can't quite wrap our minds around and Also, if you've been using tampons or pads or whatever for a long period of time to think about switching to something else is just something to get used to. And so I think, I think that's probably what she's saying with it. And I didn't, I mean, I, to be honest, have never heard of the Diva Cup until I saw, which we brought her up in the last podcast, but on Leave from America, started talking about, I was like, what is this? What? And that was probably like a few months ago. So it's not something, I mean, I think this has been around for a while, but it's just not something that people widely use just yet. But like Chelsea said, there's a lot of negatives to conventional tampons that I don't think people just don't realize. Like, I mean, I never really thought about it until just recently. Um, and then going back to the amenorrhea or people who are not having a cycle or struggling with that, 
we just want to let you know too that like some of these topics I feel like if it were me a few years ago listening to this I would literally be just like so jealous Mm -hmm. (laughs) like listening to it being like I want to get to that point where I can join in and be a part of that conversation so if you're struggling with you know lack of just know that we hear you and you will get there and keep working on whatever you're working on and um you know don't try don't feel discouraged by other people talking about things so naturally as if it like oh it happens every month and taking it for granted because I totally totally understand what that's like to be on the other side and be like oh man I only wish I knew what that was like so Mm -hmm. yeah let's um I'll go over so I came across a Q&A from Chelsea's favorite (laughs) her favorite um what is it what would you call it I guess there's an on it's an online website but they also have a podcast called Goop Um, and I think, you know, Chelsea had shared this comment back when it happened, but they had posted something about, um, losing weight really, really quickly and like how many days, like one day or something like the glamorous part of glamorizing or 10 pounds in a day or something ridiculous. Losing your period due to the stress of that. Yeah. And that that was like somehow. Not a huge fan, but I'm going to allow Allie to read some information anyway. Well, good information yeah some of the things that they put out there I have to say I totally disagree with and some of the things I think are pretty good some of their podcast interviews are pretty good um, but this was a Q&A that I came across that I thought was insightful um, so I'm just going to kind of go through that because these are all questions that um, I would have and I think would be interesting to hear so um, this question is many crops in the United States are treated with glyphosate one of the primary ingredients in Roundup is this true of cotton as well? If so, what happens when we then put glyphosate-treated cotton into our bodies? Which, when I kind of read this question, I was like, why did I never think of this? I don't know. <laughs> Just something was not on my radar, but it makes 100% like sense. We know that Roundup is one of the most dangerous toxins out there. And even if you're eating organic and even if you're doing all the things, like we some we can't avoid it. Like It's in the air. It's in... That. I'm trying to remember what the podcast oh yeah so there's also a really good podcast that I like I don't know if you listen to this one Chelsea but it's called Wise Traditions and it's the Weston A. Price podcast and they have a lot of really good like even just some like quick episodes but they did um, one completely on glyphosate which I thought was super interesting because it's not something I know a lot about so, yeah you told me about that one because I was taking a walk which I take a walk every morning past <laughs> a bunch of apartment complexes and there's always gardeners out there working in the yard. Right. And I saw a big bottle of Roundup. Yeah. And I was like, like, great, I'm inhaling this every single morning. Yeah. So glyphosate is a really dangerous ingredient and it's, like I said, commonly found in Roundup, which they use everywhere on crops um, and cotton. So the answer, um, and this was answered by a naturopathic doctor who they were doing this interview with, and she says, yes, because over 90% of the cotton produced in the U.S. has been genetically modified to be resistant to Roundup, i.e. glyphosate, which is very powerful herbicide to use to kill weeds that compete with the cotton for growth. This means that instead of spraying herbicides at the beginning of the growing cycle, crops can be sprayed repeatedly without harm. So most cotton tampons, at least 85%, certainly any cotton that is not organic, contains glyphosate, which is problematic because we know it is cancer, because of its cancer-causing agents. In fact, the World Health Organization recently ruled it probably carcinogenic. 
Um, the, va the vagina is a highly permeable space. Anything we put inside can be easily absorbed through the mucous membrane and then into our bloodstream where it presents a toxic burden to the body. Chronic exposure increases our risk of cancer, causes ox oxidative stress and metabolic changes, and disrupts our entire endocrine system. This can contribute to adverse developmental, reproductive, neurological, and immunological effects. Condi conditions such as infertility, endometriosis, and thyroid disorders, disorders are all on the rise, for example, and are affected by exposures to chemicals and toxins in our environment. So that's pretty shocking. To say the totally least. Totally shocking. And to think about how often we're using tampons. So this is not just something we're coming in contact with every once in a while. Like I said, if say you get your period at 13 and you have it until, what age would you say is the average for going through menopause? Mid-50s? Oh, I think it kind of totally depends. But yeah, that's about right. 40. So f say 40 years and Actually, you're using... Yeah, yeah, I have a quote that I found. So I put some facts down here somewhere. On yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheet. Read those. Read those. Okay. <laughs> How okay. often we're, we're using them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. The average woman will use between 11,000 and 16,000 tampons in her lifetime. They have been around since. Do you have a guess of the year? Well, you can read this. Don't look. <laughs> oh. Wait. Um, I didn't if see. Didn't... Okay. Yeah. How long have you been around? I'm when were guess... tampons invented? Like 70s, 80s? Nope. Before? Way before. Oh, 50s? Way before. What? 30s. Yes, 1931. Isn't that crazy? So. Yeah, I would think it would have just been pads up until like 70s or something. This is what I, this is what I Googled. Fascinating. But going back to like using 11,000 and 16,000 in her lifetime and you're constantly putting these types of toxins into your body is a little crazy. So I wanted to go over just kind of the toxins that are in there. So besides the glyphosate, um, bleach, which is kind of the number one thing that I was a little bit more aware of when I first kind of started thinking about this. So um, tampon manufacturers and the FDA say that tampons are safe <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and that the level of dioxins, so that dioxins are what we need to be careful of as well, a very, which is a very dangerous chemical and a byproduct of bleaching. So the FDA says, oh, they're so low that it, you know, poses no health risks, um, <laughs> which it's like the FDA approves a lot of things. And as we know, you can't just go off of like what that means. So um, the process can cause dioxins to be detected in trace mineral amounts in tampons, but the level is so low that sometimes it's not detectable. That's why they consider it safe. Um, but having said that, um, companies underestimate the effects of dioxin, which is really unfortunate. And it's primarily because we're not talking about a single tampon exposure. We're talking about 11,000 to 16,000 over time. Um, and it's one of the most dangerous chemicals on the planet. So even a small amount can cause damage, um, Let's see, did I have another quote for that? Maybe I didn't. But basically, they're saying, you know, so while chlorine bleach is definitely safer than other bleaches, we can't assume that it's safe given the large amount of tampons that women use over a lifetime. And other toxins. So I'll just kind of read through this. Um, but they are, oh, this was fascinating. I actually really enjoyed researching this. By the way, this is like, all what? so interesting yeah. and also upsetting 
And it's and we're not telling you this to like scare you and be like never use a tampon. We're just we're going to give you all the options of how to do it safer because that's really the point of this is to know the information and then what could I be doing better? It's kind of just like eating organic. Okay, here are my choices. What could I be doing better? Oh, grass-fed is better. That's great. I'll choose that option. Yeah, and the reality is, too, if you're around our age group, which is early 30s, or you're younger, or even if you're 10 years older or whatever, you still have years and years and years ahead of of having a period, and it's important to educate yourself to be able to make a choice that's going to better your health because say you've got some sort of issue, an endocrine issue, an inflammation issue, anything, a skin issue, whatever, it could be traced back to something like this, and so it's important information for you to have, you know, like... It's, you know, I know it's jarring because believe me, I've used tampons since I got my period. <laughs> I only, we'll talk about what we're doing now, but I only just made the switch to something safer. So, you know, I get it, but I think it's important that we, we learn this stuff and not be yeah. so naive to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, this was just <laughs> shocking. This kind of goes back to like why I'm very passionate about the skincare um, industry and having things be so unregulated that it's really important you know what you're using. Um, so tampons are considered quote unquote a medical device by the FDA and are not required to issue a full disclosure of what is in their tampons. Like what? It's like it's, <laughs> I mean, it's the same to me as like food really because you're yeah. putting it inside your body and knowing that it can go past that membrane and get into your bloodstream. We have every right to know what we're putting in our body, like quite literally. Um, conventional tampons have odor neutralizers, dyes, pesticides, and fragrances, which have been undisclosed most of the time. Um, and they are a mixture of chemicals that have been linked to endocrine disruptors, allergies, rashes, respiratory distress, cancer, birth defects, dryness, and infertility. They also contain GMOs. So if we are concerned about ingesting GMO foods, we should be equally concerned about inserting a GMO tampon. The vaginal wall is super, super permeable, and it allows toxins like pesticides and GMO proteins to directly access our bloodstream. It is just so frustrating how difficult it is to access information of ingredients, whether it's beauty products, food, tampons. It's just so much is protected from us, and unless you're someone who's going to dig and research and like call companies and beg for the accurate information... You're just not getting what you need to know. And it's it's just frustrating to me that we have to be such educated consumers of all this stuff because mm-hmm. the average person is walking around. Of course, they're using tampons. That's what you're taught to use. Use a tampon and use a pad. And that's it. And you sometimes go, you're yeah. like, well, why wouldn't I want to smell like a del- delicate flower of lavender? Like, yeah, I'll choose that one. Like, it's got fragrance in it. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you think know? about marketing and advertisements and commercials. I mean, tampon commercials are the most flowery, fluffy, positive, bright, colorful commercials. Looking like sticking something with, you know, fragrances and bleach and genetically modified cotton up yourself is a dream. Yeah. <laughs> It just, it messes with our minds and it's just, it's really upsetting. Some of the, um, I'll read you just some of the like known things that are most likely in um, just regular non-organic tampons, what they can include since like we said, they're not really disclosed to say or have to say, but some of the most common ingredients can be chlorine. So tampons aren't naturally white, which is interesting. Instead, they go through the bleaching process that makes them that way. And then this chlorine eventually turns into dioxin. So dioxin is another ingredient, which is one of the most deadly toxin compounds. Um, 
And let's see what else. Glyphosate, as we mentioned in Roundup. Polyethylene, or PET, is widely used to create plastic bags and food containers. It can flood your body with toxins like lead, cadmium, and mercury. Um, you've been encouraged, oh, this just says, like, you've probably been encouraged to use glass water bottles instead of plastic for a good reason. Um, this is kind of like the same thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Polypropylene, um, <laughs> this says, you wouldn't put antifreeze um, or ink in your vagina, right? Well, sadly, most conventional feminine care products and brands use the same ingredients in these products, pro polypropylene, on the outside layer of tampons. This can cause inflammation and skin irritation on your lady parts. And then rayon is a cellulose fiber that comes from processed wood pulp. Because of the chemical process used to make rayon, it can be toxic to your health. You know what the chlorine dyeing process makes me think of? Wild salmon, where they dye it pink. Or oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, non-wild farmed. salmon. Farmed, farmed salmon. Farm-raised salmon is dyed pink, yeah. so you get that beautiful, lush color that's mm -hmm. more appetizing. It's just... Why can't we just look at what things really are? Yeah. I mean, actually, my husband and I kind of had this conversation. I have no idea. We go on a lot of walks together, and so we'll end up just, like, talking about, like, anything all the time. And we are like, having this conversation about, like, I mean, I was arguing that, like, obviously we just need to eat wild-caught everything and grass-fed and all this kind of stuff, and we are specifically talking about fish. And he was like, I'm just going to be devil's advocate here, but, like, we're not going to be able to eat wild caught fish forever. We're gonna run out of supply. So like I get the farmed side of it because supply and demand, like that's, you know, what we have to deal with. But at the same time, it's like, well, what's worse? You know, mm. eating up all the fish supply and just being like selfish about it. I mean, I get that, I see both sides. Yeah, I'm not gonna I go and too. eat farmed, right. but I don't think that that's like so the solution. I feel like I'd probably just stop eating fish. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I'm not sure, but anyways. Yeah, and um, I mean, I have eaten farmed fish. I'm sure when you go out to eat and you order salmon, oh yeah, it's not always wild. And I you can always tell ask. It, you know, sometimes it tastes better because yeah, it is like juicier and everything like yeah. that. And it's, I know, it's I love when I reality. ask and they're like, "Oh no, it's wild," and I'm like, "Oh no, I definitely can tell that it's not." But thanks anyway. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you can just tell the difference. It's sad too because farm raised gets confusing because we think of pasture raised being the most acceptable for eggs, chickens, and that kind of thing. Or obviously chickens in general. <laughs> um, or pork, pasture raised. And so farm raised almost sounds positive as well. So they just, I feel like it's all tricking us. Well, but. and when they say, oh, it's sustainably farmed, it's like, oh, sustainable? Hell yeah, I'm all for sustainable. It's like, that's not what that means. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sustainable means we're not ending the world's supply of natural fish. Which I get, but anyway. I know. It's so, tough. Um, some of the brands. So that's the, the problem with non-organic tampons. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we decide to choose organic, then you're eliminating all of these toxins because they're not being sprayed with Roundup. They're not being bleached with the chlorine, all that kind of stuff. So the better option here is to make sure that your tampons are, are organic and they have a lot of these now. I had never noticed them before, but again, I went through two and a half years of my life of not needing these things. So when I came back, I was like, oh, I'm back in the game. Like, let's see what's available. I was like, ooh, there's something with organic. Like, I did not even know that was an option. So I don't know how long organic has been kind of in the game, but I feel like it's been very recently since we've kind of realized all the downsides of the regular stuff. 
My favorite brand that they even have at Target is called Cora. It's C-O-R-A. Um, I did look on their website to try and get like an exact quote of like what they donate to, but someone else had messaged me on Instagram and said, oh, I love that brand too because they give back. So like every box that's sold, they give back to um, a, like a less fortunate country or something. I'm not entirely sure. They provide pads or something to people who are in need of them. So they kind mm-hmm. of have a good, oh, and they're a B Corp, I think that I saw, which is great. A B Corp has to kind of um, put themselves in more of like, a giving donation type of business. Like Beauty Counter is a B Corp. I think Seventh Generation might be a B Corp. So those are always good companies because they always get back. And then Seventh Generation does have a brand as well. And then Natra Care is another brand. Nature Care. Mm-hmm. What is that? Natra? Nature Care. Oh, Nature Care. Okay. Yeah. Those are the two that I use. So I was still using conventional tampons for quite a while. It was one of the last things, just like my makeup, that I've switched over now to be much more what much safer um, and I was hesitant about it because I had used Tampax Pearl tampons for so long and obviously because of the plastic applicator it is super seamless to apply and I just was comfortable with them um, I had definitely made the switch I don't think I ever used fragrance I just oh it like weirds me out to <laughs> Like, I don't like those kinds of smells. Um, So even before I knew the dangers of fragrance, I was definitely using an unscented brand. However, it was still, you know, problematic. So I finally switched over, and now I use uh, 7th Generation and Nature Care tampons. And then if I'm home, I will actually wear a pad, which is something that I haven't done since I was a teenager, and I was just getting used to wearing tampons. Um... But I've, I struggle with, um, struggle with, but I have, um, like a, like a heavier flow and, um, blood clots and, um, it's something I've been working on. It, it usually it can indicate estrogen dominance if you have more darker clots and things like that, just showing some stagnation and even some like liver toxicity or difficulty detoxing. So that's something that I'm, I'm working on actually with my acupuncturist and I've been on some specific Chinese herbs and things like that. And then I think it's all kind of connected back to a lot of my deeper health issues just affecting my hormones. But I think for having clots, it's better to sort of let everything sort of flow because thinking about having you know, this jam-packed tampon, uh, yeah, tampon up, you know, inside of you and then clots coming down, I feel like that can even cause more cramps, which is something that I also struggle with. So if I'm home, I will wear a pad. So Nature Care and Seventh Generation also make pads. They are a little bit like thinner and less sturdy than the conventional pads. So sometimes I'll double up, (laughs) like I'll put one kind of more towards the front and one kind of more towards the back. So I've got a little bit of like double layer in the middle there. Um, but I'm lucky enough cause I, I do work from home so I can do that. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of what I do. And I do have a, like I said, it, my cycle's heavier. So the first couple days, sometimes I'll wear a tampon and a pad. Um, but it, just like we were talking about with all the dangers of pads, obviously, or of tampons, obviously pads, you're not putting up inside of you. So it's not as detrimental, but they're still using all the same kinds of um, toxins and fragrances and things like that. And then just thinking of like 
the bulk in here, we're talking about this too, like the um, one of the benefits to using a menstrual cup is it's so much more eco-friendly because of waste. So thinking about those numbers of how many tampons we're using throughout our lifetime, adding on pads and how bulky they are and plastic and all that stuff, just thinking about that stuff, just like clogging up our landfills and flushing down, flushing tampons down the toilet and that kind of clogging up the sewer system. And these are things we want to be mindful of as, of as well. And like I was saying, with having a heavier period, I will go through a ton of tampons in a cycle and not to mention to the cost. So that's another thing we needed to talk about. But um, yeah, I have a whole list that I wrote down of advantages of the menstrual cup. But do you want to walk us yeah. through what exactly a menstrual cup is for people who are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I certainly have no idea what it looks like. Yes. So like I said, a menstrual cup is more eco-friendly. So it's one cup. So you can actually continue to use the same cup. I'm not sure if eventually they recommend changing it out, but I know that you can use it for, I would say, at least like a few years or something like that. Yeah, I think I read somewhere you can use it for a while, but the other thing that you have to do, I guess, which is maybe a downside of it, is like boil the water and like clean it and make sure you're thoroughly like cleaning the silicone. So Mm -hmm. it it almost looks like, um, what's one of those things that like if you're trying to get something, a funnel, it -hmm. looks like a funnel. Like like if you're trying to get... It almost looks like a small <laughs> wine glass with a very large glass and a short stem. <laughs> a wine glass. It's like a sip. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like so, it's essentially, glass. it's a cup. Um, they're made of silicone, silicone, uh, BPA-free. They don't use chemicals. Uh, like I said, it's eco-friendly, it's reusable, it's safe, and it's sanitary. So, it's collecting fluids rather than absorbing them. So, um, basically... What you do is <laughs> you take the cup and you're inserting that into your vagina. So there's different ways to insert it. Um, they have something called the folding method. So I'm going to link. There's a brand um, that's really popular called Lynette, which it has, I think, three different ways to fold it because for each person, I think you have different preferences, just how, how it's more comfortable for you to insert Um, So you insert it in a very specific way. You're not meant to feel it. Um, You're meant to easily be able to remove it. And they say that on average, you should change it like two to four times during a day, but you can wear it up up till 12 hours. So you could potentially change it twice a day, like once once during the day and once um, at night. So um, also too, like, (laughs) I'm going to... Just to go back to my personal story, I got the Diva Cup a couple of months ago. I really, really want to make the switch. Um, the first time I tried it, I was able to insert it, but I don't think I got it positioned correctly. Um, again, like you can Google this, you can watch YouTube videos. Um, there's a lot of information on this specific menstrual cup website. Make sure you're inserting it in the proper way. Like I said, it's supposed to be comfortable. I could tell I had kind of inserted it wrong. And then I tried again and then I just kind of got like frustrated and gave up. So they do say that it can take about three periods, three cycles to get used to it. So I, especially too, after going over all this information again, I want to go back and try it again. Just because thinking about how much money I spent on tampons, obviously the nuisance of having to change them so much and also for having a heavier cycle you know, going through a tampon like every few hours for the first couple days, like that's just like, it affects your life so much. So um, obviously it would save you an enormous amount of money. Like I think 
some there are like a thousand dollars a year like that's a lot of money um if you just switch to the menstrual cup so it, there's so many pros um you're gonna go over but anyway um there's for most companies I believe there's two different sizes um so you would just want to figure out which size is right for you and again on this Lynette page they give you a lot of information on how to pick the right size but based like consensus is that the smaller sizes for those that have either a lighter cycle or haven't had children um, and the larger size is mostly for people who are post baby or have a very um, heavy period or I guess potentially like a larger sized uterus vagina <laughs> um so making sure you get the right size because if it's too small I think it could be painful for you or potentially not catch your blood flow and if it's too big for you um, obviously it could also be uncomfortable and then you could have leaks and things like that so making sure you get the right size I've heard a lot of people getting both sizes and kind of trying them out and seeing which one works for them and then I um, like we we're saying it kind of looks like a wine glass so there's like a little like tip and that's there so that you can remove it um, so a lot of people are scared about it getting lost or getting stuck um, I was doing a lot of research about this when I first tried it out and I, it's like, it's not impossible, but it's very, very unlikely. And if something like that were to happen, you would probably want to go to the hospital. I'm sure they could get it out quite easily. It's not like something that's going to like disappear up inside of you. I mean, I don't think it's any different than conventional tampons. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess the string, the string is long. I mean, I will say I think I inserted it the first time like a little bit too far and I had to kind of reach up and grab the little like tip to pull it out and for a sec split second I got a little nervous but that's the other really important thing that they stress is like when you're inserting it for the first time and obviously the first few, few times really really to relax obviously if you get super tense it's going to be difficult for you to insert it properly and to feel comfortable so, you know, deep breaths, relaxing. They even recommend that you could use something like um, a safe lubricant or um, even coconut oil if you don't have, like, an allergy or intolerance to it or something like that just to help you uh, with the process. But also going back to what I was saying about the tip. So if it is uncomfortable to you, if it's – if it's Sorry, just the tip. Just, just the tip. If it's uh, <laughs> uncomfortable and it's sort of poking out, I've heard of – actually, I think Lee from America speaks about – cutting the tip off a little bit just so you can't feel it um but yeah you're you're able to wear it I said like up and up until 12 hours again like depending on how light or heavy you are but you can sleep in it you can work out in it however it's not recommended that you do inversion so I wouldn't do like a hard yoga class or something like that where you're really doing no inversions and, yeah because it'll That's actually very dump the blood know. Oh, it right. would dump the blood mm. back like up inside of you so I do like handstands on a regular basis, like daily. Well, I would say <laughs> if you're wearing the cup, no Which handstands something I would have never for you. About. Well, funny. I'm really happy, Ellie, that I could educate you yeah. on that. Thank you. I never <laughs> knew there was like a, what's the contraindication for handstands? <laughs> yeah. Now you know. Yeah. So was that, does that paint a picture as oh, to what it is? Does it? Oh, <laughs> it, good. Definitely does more uh, more detail than I was thinking that we'd get into, but I think that's good. People now have, I hope, a good idea. Cool. Did you want to go over some of the other? Yeah, I'll I just... like these facts. I have to say. Oh, thank you. Um, so I'll go over really quickly the advantages and then the disadvantages of the menstrual cup. Cool. Because we like to always play both sides. <laughs> um, 
the advantages would be, as we mentioned, lower cost, less landfill. Um, and then also, let's see, less embarrassing odor. Um, and this is like, obviously, this is not my personal opinions. This is like from what I found on some of the, the Diva Cup or Menstrual Cup websites. Um, and let's see, vaginal pH and beneficial bacteria stay in place. So I thought this was interesting. Tampons absorb yeah. all of your vaginal fluid along with the blood, which may disrupt the delicate pH and bacterial balance in your vagina. Does so, that pertain just to beneficial bacteria in your vagina, or would you say with your microbiome in general? No, just vagina. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's not going up that far, hopefully. <laughs> it's not coming in <laughs> through the colon like <laughs> – no, no. Oh, God. It's staying within within that environment. But that's still an environment. Mm-hmm. Um, this says around 65% um, – or sorry, the tampon absorbs around 65% menstrual fluid and 35% natural moisture. So especially as you're getting a little bit older, this tends to be a question that I think people ask me a lot is how do I rebalance my intestine, not intestinal, my flora down there during my, you know, lady parts because um, dryness down there can be something that happens as we get a little bit older. But we also have another solution for you when we get down a little bit further um, that might help with that as well. But anyways, yeah, so tampons absorb 35% of your natural moisture and it creates an imbalance of moisture and pH levels. So using the menstrual cup will not interfere with this environment at all. Another advantage is fewer visits to the pharmacy, more Mm. time between changes. This was something that I was like, I got to do more research on this. So it says that intercourse is possible with the cup in place. And I was literally like, what, how? So Apparently, yes, that is true. However, you do want to use a soft cup. So apparently you can't just use like any cup, whether it's like a hard silicone you want to use. There's like a special one that you want to use that's like a soft cup. So when I Google searched this, like the information that flew at my face of like (laughs) other things to click on, I was just like, oh, there's so many devices here. (laughs) It just like takes you into another place. I don't know that it's... I and just, maybe there's ones that are soft cup, like in but is general. It that crucial that you have sex right then. I think that's a personal decision. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would say some people would argue yes. I mean, I I don't know. I can't I can't share yeah. my feelings with that answer. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. I I mean, we were kind of saying too. Like, I guess every circumstance is like totally different. So if you are in a relationship that is long distance and or your mm, husband that's works, a good point. you know, in the military or is leaving for deployment, something like that, like I can come up with scenarios where it makes sense to me. Um, I feel I like just... you could go in the, ch- in the shower or put a towel down and just yeah. take, take that cup out. And I mean, I, yeah, to me, I would think <laughs> that me, like, that's what I would do. I don't know that having anything in there at the time is really necessary. I don't, I don't know. If you're worried about things getting stuck, that's a good way to find out. But anyways, yeah. the, the, oh, God. the cut people say that it's possible. So that's another benefit. And then obviously no toxins are involved here. The other thing that I thought was super interesting was that there are no fibers left behind, which hmm. I can totally see that um, with, you know, conventional tampon use. It's like, yeah, I guess, I mean... Going back to, like, my crime 
you know, obsession here. Fibers are very telling and they get left everywhere in little blazes. So, you know, you can only imagine that like if you're worried about, you know, leaving residue, that's definitely possible. So um, if you're thinking about committing a crime, switch well, to menstrual cup so you don't no. have any traces of fibers. Got it. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying like the fibers show up in the most unsuspecting places. Like mm-hmm. in this one that I told you I was listening to, the Up and Vanished, literally obsessed. Um, anyways, there's like a glove, a silicone glove involved. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, obviously there's going to be a DNA because the hand inside a glove is sweating. And so there's just like all these like, you know, little places and and skin fibers are constantly shedding from your skin, whether you know it or not. Anyways, sidetracked. Okay. So here are some of the disadvantages as well. So it's more mess. Um, Emptying the cup can be a little bit messy. Uh, Once you get, you know, a lot of practice, you might be fine. Difficulty for insertion for some people. And then, um, Oh, this, this was kind of interesting because I, I do think that people are kind of still a lot on the IUD train. Um, but it says, if you have an IUD in place, using a menstrual cup could pull out the IUD strings and dislodge it. So maybe ask your OB if that's okay, if you're, you know, if you have an IUD. Yeah, I actually came across that in my research as well. Perhaps like something with it suctioning down the strings or something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's just something to be aware of. Side note, I guess I didn't go over how you clean it. So you essentially would just remove it um, for the first few times you do it, or I guess you could do this all the time if you're at home. You could do it in the shower just so there is no mess. Um, But if you're somewhere public or you're just in your regular bathroom, you would just safely pull it out, pour it into the toilet, and then rinse it in the sink. Uh, You don't need to sterilize it between each use. I would just sterilize it after each cycle. And clean it, but um, and then you would just reinsert it. Yeah, exactly. Um, possible fit problems. <laughs> Some individuals' anatomy can just make things a little bit different. Um, also, if you have fibroids or a dropped uterus, it may not fit properly. Um, cup removal issues, um, and then maintenance. So sterilizing the cup in boiling water or a sterilizing solution um, used for baby bottles, which I thought was kind of interesting. So the brands you kind of mentioned, the Lunette and then the Diva Cup. Oh, there's something called the Lily Cup. I don't know if you mentioned that. Yeah. I did come across, too, that they can be either made of two things, silicone, or I thought that there was maybe like a latex, or there could be a latex Mm -hmm. component to some brand. So if you are sensitive to latex, just obviously make sure you're aware of what what you're using so your body doesn't react. Oh, yeah. I think that's all I got. Cool. Did I wish you we could be like, does anybody about... have any questions? But <laughs> <I know. laughs> one day, well, we're gonna we'll have to do a live show one day. That'd be fun. Maybe That'd in fun. San Diego. Sure. I mean, that would be a dream. And then maybe we can have callers call in one time. I don't know. <laughs> dreaming, dreaming big over here. Yeah. <laughs> we have an exciting new sponsor for the podcast. This company happens to be one of my personal favorites, and not just because of their products. Kelly and Kyle of Wildway are two of the nicest people and business owners. I first came across Wildway when I started cutting grains out of my diet and found their grain-free granola at Whole Foods. 
they definitely had me sold with the vanilla bean espresso flavor. I mean, come on. All of their ingredients are grain, wheat, and gluten-free. They are non-GMO, sweetener-free, no added oils, vegan, and no added extracts. Some of their other products include my go-to travel packs of grain-free hot cereal, personal fan of the cinnamon roll flavor, and all you need to do is add hot water. Super convenient for on the go. They also have some fantastic smoothie starter packs that include a protein, even things like L-glutamine and collagen peptides, plus some probiotics. As our new sponsor, Wildway is offering our listeners 15% off anything you order on their website using the code NutritionIsh, all one word, no spaces. So head on over to wildwayoflife.com to get your new favorite snacks and be sure to follow them on Instagram at wildwayoflife. Um... So let's see what else. I guess like because this question kind of said like more of a topic. I mean, she obviously Lisa was, you know, interested in this stuff that we just talked about. But um, something else I came across that I thought was kind of like fitting for this topic that I had no idea this even existed until recently. Maybe I'm just like behind on this because Chelsea was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. But um, I've mentioned her before. Danielle De La Valle, who's also an NTP who wrote the book Happy Weight. She is an amazing human. She's so positive. Just like her body image um, thought process and outlook is just so abundant and I love it. Anyways, she did this post recently where she was sitting on the floor holding this like egg looking stone and I was like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) So apparently there's something called a yoni egg. I don't know if it's yoni or yoni. Do you know which it is? I don't. I'm going to go with Yoni. Okay. I don't know why. It just seems like that would be how I would say it. So anyways, there's something called a Yoni egg. And it's like an accessory that you can use for, I guess, like increasing your sexuality, your libido. It's also really good for helping um, that natural lubrication, as I mentioned. So maybe later in life when things are not going as like lubricative, if that's a word, (laughs) lubricative as you would like them to be, um, this could help with that. So it's like this stone and they're made of different types of stone. Um, What were the ones that they were made of? Do you remember? I think one is like rose quartz or Mm. I guess there's like some different. Jade maybe? Jade, yeah. Um, I love a rose quartz. (laughs) I'm thinking of it's like the same ingredients as like the face rollers, you know. That's jade. Okay. So basically, but I've seen the rose ones too. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't use them. I should. Uh, So basically you hold the stone egg inside your lady parts and it's increasing like your Kegel muscles And then it's increasing, like, helping kind of just control that entire area. And it's, like, tightening the vaginal walls. It also awakens the tissues, the organs, and muscles. It promotes new nerve growth and increases overall sensitivity. So I'm just throwing that out there because I was like, I've never heard of this. That's pretty cool. Well, I was saying I had heard of it because I believe it was on a Real Housewives episode. <laughs> That's so right. it's not a, you know, impressive way to have knowledge about this topic. But it's it's a pretty big deal. I know a lot of people are quite into it, even from a younger age. Not young young, but like you know, pre even pre-baby or whatever. But is it so does it help you, you know, lubricate because it's 
it's stimulating while yeah, you're wearing it. Because mm-hmm. it's stimulating, it's strengthening all of like kind of like your internal like vaginal walls. And it's promoting new nerve growth and like overall sensitivity. So I think it's just you're kind of like allowing your body to be more stimulated. Which yeah. would then in turn, you know, be more moisturized. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought um, this fact about it strengthening your pelvic floor was particularly interesting because pelvic floor can be interconnected with lower back pain and I guess even like core strength or glutes and things like that. And so that's intriguing to me. I don't know. I can't say this is something I have any interest in trying personally. But a lot, I have to say, a lot of this stuff, I'm kind of one of those people that's like, that's super cool. I hope uh-huh. other people do it. <laughs> I'm not like a big experimental type of person. But yeah. I think it's interesting to know that all this stuff is out there. I was like, wow, that's so cool. Um, although yes. it does say a must for serious tantra. Um, let's see, whatever. I don't know what that word is. Qi, que- qigong. Qigong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yoga practitioners. <laughs> Um, I know, (laughs) but if I can't do it, if I can't wear it while doing a handstand, I'm out. (laughs) Wait, it helps to reduce menstrual cramps. Yeah, it says reduce PMS, menstrual cramps, and duration of your menses. So, I don't know. I think there's a lot of other things that have have to happen for this to all come to fruition. I don't think that just doing this, I think diet, lifestyle, food, hormones, all of that need to also happen, but it's an interesting concept to kind of throw into you know, your repertoire. Um, it says that the egg is working. It's magic regardless, like as long as you're wearing it. Um, but going like doing in Kegel exercises and things will kind of like ex- enhance your experience of using the egg. Um, but so it says that they would recommend, this is the company. I have no idea what company this was. I don't recall. If you just Google Yoni egg, there's like a bunch of brands that come up. Um, but it says it's generally fine to wear it for up to 12 hours. But as always, trust your intuition. It's a good idea to take it out after 12 hours to clean it and let it, oh, and let your yoni rest. So I think yoni means something about <laughs> sensuality. I don't know. Um, so this says, however, if you find that you have trouble holding the egg in as you walk, or like if you're walking around, then you should start with just sitting a few times a week for like 10 to 15 minutes or whatever you can do and focus on squeezing the egg and see if you can feel it. Over time, your strength will increase so that you can walk around with it all day. Wow. I just can't imagine being like in the grocery store being like, by the way, I have like a rose quartz egg down there. No big deal. Because it could fall out. <laughs> what if you're, Hopefully you're wearing I mean, I guess your underwear. <laughs> no, maybe you're wearing a skirt. With. I hope there's something under there. Did you oh. see I sent you, so I, I sent Chelsea all the quotes for our our Instagram, um, uh, like, whatever, quote feed, I don't know if that's what you call it, and I don't know if you, did you post one of them yet? No. Okay. Can I read the one that I just uh-huh. sent you because it's good? So, oh shoot, I didn't save it on here. Damn it, hold on, I gotta get to it. Because it has to do with wearing no pants. So, relevant. Okay. Reminder. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh wore a crop top with no pants and ate his favorite food every day while practicing self-love. You can too. So, unless you're pulling a Winnie the Pooh walking around the grocery store, I, I don't see a whole lot of <laughs> mishap happening, but you never know. Oof. Yeah. So, anyways. I guess. Fascinating. 
Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? We kind of covered some, I don't know, Mm. interesting things, hopefully. I I think I'm going to go back to trying the Diva Cup just because I spend a lot of money on tampons and pads and restocking them and just taking up space under my sink. And, you know, I really want to give it a go again. Yeah. Well, report back. Let us know. Will do. So, gosh, we are, like, right on it. We are right at an hour. Feels I know. We wanted to maybe include some more, like, femininity and other things about, like, relationships and whatnot, but ain't got no time for that. Yeah, we can do another episode. If you guys are interested in learning a little bit more about our particular relationships or, you know, stories of how we met our people or marriage or families, if we want families, stuff like that, let us know, um, or to talk more about femininity in general. But thank you, Lisa, so much for this topic request, um, and keep them coming. If you guys would like to submit a question or a topic request, you can email us at nutritionishpodcast at gmail.com, or head on over to our website and click under the Submit a Question tab. We've made it so easy for you in a form, and you'll be all good to go. Head on over to our iTunes, please, and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us, and also be sure to subscribe so that a new episode gets downloaded for you every single week. For more from me, Chelsea, head to nutritionwithchelsea.com and follow me over on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. For more from Allie, head to barefoodnutrition.com and follow her at barefoodnutrition. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya.